Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. It's the Todd Feinberg Show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080. Tuesday afternoon, another day, another week, another month, another year. We keep plugging along, trying to make things better. The city of Hartford is doing its every 10-year charter revisions for the big meeting last night. Here to talk to us about it, Ann Goshdigian from the Hartford News. Hello there, Ann. Hi there, Todd. I know you're all pumped up about this, so fill us in on what happened and, and why you're upset. Okay, so every 10 years, uh, the last one was uh, 2013, the city goes over the charter and they appoint a commission to review it and see what changes need to be made. It's a one-year-long process with monthly meetings and often some other meetings in between. It ended yesterday. The city council, once they get the changes from the commission, send it back to the commission if necessary, if they see other changes need to be made. And last night was the last chance for them to do that. They had one thing on their agenda, and it was to return the charter to the commission and get it approved, and that would be the charter for the next 10 years in the city of Hartford. Okay. And the council came in to vote on that. It was a meeting that was broadcast on the local Hartford Public Access TV channel. I watched it with great interest. All right, back up a little bit. What is the, I assume that there's a desire on the part of the leadership of the city that as many citizens as possible get involved with this process and that they have as much input as they can they can muster. How did that go? What kinds of things well, were... First- First of all, Todd, no, that is not in the interest of the city. They want to see as few people as possible get involved in it. They want it to be, it's not about the citizens. What it is, is about the city, meaning the mayor and the Democratic leadership, including the Democratic Town Committee, which is not a city entity, about maintaining the status quo. It's about not changing anything. It's making sure that you go through the process of revising the charter with as few revisions Correct. as possible to protect the powerful. Now, uh, some of those meetings, the meetings were all on Zoom over that past year. I think it's more like 14 months. And people could tune in and watch. And out of the 29, I believe, meetings that they held all over those 14 months, so I think they might have been every couple of weeks, 
there, uh, seven or eight of them, there was an opportunity for the public to phone in and express their opinions on things they'd like to see changed, as well as the commissioners uh, at every meeting. They talked about, they brought up different ideas, different ideas. Uh, they presented their ideas. Now, change is a very important thing. This isn't the same city it was 10 years ago. People look forward to charter revision, and they hope for good things to happen for the citizens of Hartford. What would have been something like that? Can you give us an example of what yeah. kind of revision I, could have happened that, I, that maybe didn't? There were four things that resonated with many people, including the two Working Families Party members of the City Council but not with the other seven members of the city council, six Democrats and one who is a party of one, that's Councilman John Gale of the Hartford Party. They are firmly in the back pocket of the city administration. So I'll tell you what those things were. You mean the mayor? That was code for the mayor of the city administration? Is that what you mean? That is code for the mayor. Okay. That is indeed code for the mayor. So we can just say the mayor, Mayor Bronin. Let's come right out and say it. <laughs> there you so go. In his second term, halfway through, a little more than halfway through his second term. Okay, there were two things in the charter that many, many people wanted to see change, and they both related to mayoral appointments. One is that on the nine-member Board of Education in Hartford, the mayor has power to appoint five of the nine people on the Board of Education, Yikes. which is, of course, the voting majority. That's what they call a rigged system. Yes. People wanted to see that change. You know, back in the old days, um, the Board of Education was an all-elected board. Now there are only four spots up for election and five that are appointed by the mayor. The second involved- What a ridiculous system. Pardon me? What a ridiculous system that is. Yes, it is a ridiculous system. And the other appointment powers were to the city commissions. The mayor has all appointment power to the city commissions, to all seats. What he does is he uh, sends his uh, proposed new commissioners, a uh, list of them, to the city council to vote on if the council accepts them, and they always do because the majority of the council is also uh, Democrats who are there. Then those people become councilors. So they wanted to see more citizen input uh, into that. And also uh, there were people who wanted the Board of Education makeup to be changed so that the mayor did not have the power to appoint a voting majority. So these were now, good government. Uh, these were absolutely good government. These are good government, and they make people feel more engaged in their city if they're more a part of it, if they're not just shunted aside. If there's, yeah, if there's an open political process that invites input and then has the machinery Correct. in place to turn that input into action. Well, unfortunately, the leadership at City Hall and the City Council do not want more. I can say this with great gravity that the city council, and I can say this from years of experience and from other people's experience, does not want more citizen input. It is anathema to them. 
They don't like to hear the people speak. They don't pay attention. They nod their heads and then move on to the next person and then crickets. Nothing happens. Let me tell you about one more item. Uh, This is something that's being done in many towns in Hartford. They have town councils and city councils that have many more than nine members. They often, uh, the, the goal this time was to have more people on city council and have representatives by district of the city. In other words, you'd have about 15 people. And it would make people in those districts feel they had a representative in their area, and that they were part of the process. Someone so they'd be running for office. To. They'd be running for office just with votes from the region that they were representing. Is that the idea for those specific uh, neighborhoods? Yes. They, yes. They, there would be for each district. There would have been, uh, you know, candidates. A separate election. That makes a lot more sense. They, and the fourth item that someone had brought up because uh, the police department in Hartford has been suffering. For All right. That's a good tease. Now. Hold hold that one. Let's take a quick break in, and then we'll get that one in. We're okay. talking to Ann Gosh Diggian. She's from the Hartford News. And we're talking about the uh, vote that took place last night on the city charter in Hartford. More coming up on WTIC. <laughs> is your new home for all the audio that matters to you. Download the Odyssey app today to listen to WTIC News Talk 1080. So we keep studying government looking for maybe an example of where it's done in a way that's embracing of notions of democratic principles where the power structure actually wants to use the power in their hands for purposes other than self-aggrandizement, but it never happens. We're talking to Ann Goshdigian from the Hartford News about the city charter that is being renewed right now in Hartford for another 10 years and, and um, kind of disappointing results. So she's running through the, the highlights of proposals that were on the table that, that weren't adopted. You were going to get to one on the police, Ann? Yes, on the police. It had been proposed by a couple of the commissioners who have since left, by the way, let me say quickly, they started with 14 commissioners. Six of them walked away uh, from it after they realized that some of the other commissioners, the other eight, have been in backroom meetings with the mayor that they weren't invited to. And the that included uh, two members and then four of the only four black members of the commission. They walked away when they knew it had been rigged and had been a sham. But as far as the police goes, yes, it had been proposed that uh, we have a police commissioner above the chief of police because there's been a lot of unhappiness with the police department under Chief Thody in Hartford. And a commissioner would have oversight and would not be in the pocket of the mayor. And uh, that uh, was one that did not pass either. So those are the four that the people would have appreciated. Why did those people walk out instead of staying and making noise? Because they knew the fix was in. Yeah, but isn't that why you want to stay in the position and, and use the position as a way to attract some attention? They did. They attracted a lot of attention when they walked out. 
And I, I can tell you they were disgusted because they had spent hours and hours and months and months coming up with things, attending these meetings, taking calls from constituents or, or residents of the city. And they dedicated a lot of time. This is an unpaid thing. And they, at that point, when they found that there was monkey shines going on behind their back because they wanted things that uh, were not wanted by the mayor or the Democratic Town Committee, they gave up in disgust. I can't blame them. And you've been a reporter for, for a long time. You've covered a lot of this kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, years. Is, is this a different way of running Hartford or a city in general, or is this something new to you? Uh, this is not new to me. I mean, I, I've been around Hartford long enough to see how things go, but I have also seen it deteriorate as far as city government goes. When I was a young person, let, let's put politicians are always politicians. I don't care if they're Democrats, Republicans, or the little green men from Mars. They're all political people. But I will say back in the uh, 1950s, 60s, 70s, and up into the 80s, we had a pretty good mix of politicians in this city. We did have some Republicans on council. Uh, we had some diversity on council. And they tended to put the interests of the people more at heart than the last few councils and mayors have Are done. you saying that that outcome that you just described is driven by not having one party rule, that somehow the fight gets sucked out of the process and that leaves the big guy in charge without any pushback if you've only got one party? Right. And, of course, we, we went back to a strong mayor system uh, three mayors ago, and uh, a lot of people said they would have preferred a, a figurehead, uh, a guy up, a woman up front politician as the mayor, and have an experienced city manager doing a lot of the work behind the scenes. Hartford ran that way for a long, long time. As far as I can tell, and many people uh, can tell, the strong mayor system which now includes uh, Bronin twice and included Sagara, and mm -hmm. before him, Perez. Those have been the most recent strong mayors. It's a failure. It's a system of failure. Because they use that extra power that they have to yeah. rig things. Uh, yes, they do. Yes, they do. They absolutely do. It, every, everything going on in city elections right now, it has a certain level of rigging behind it. There's a lot of patronage in this city, an awful lot of patronage. You, if you think the right way, which means the way the mayor thinks, um, that's, that's what gets you going somewhere. That's what may even bring you up the ladder politically. The flow or of taxpayer dollars is what controls things, and that's doled out by the mayor because he controls yes. the whole process. Absolutely. The, the council, uh, you know, there, there, is, or there are times when the residents can uh, weigh in about the budget, but ultimately uh, what, what the residents weigh in about is not considered. It, it, it's, not, uh, it's not valid to those who actually make it happen. 
Well, they don't have to consider it. They've got everything worked out so that they can do whatever they want. Everything is worked out. I, I know it might sound like I'm exaggerating. I'm not exaggerating one bit. I'm not exaggerating one bit. The city council has one function, the main function. Their main function is to be the representatives of the people of Hartford. That is what they are not. Because of the way it's structured. They don't have any responsibility to be. Their their first priority is to um, keep getting themselves elected, to do what the mayor wants them to do, and to do what some special interests may want them to do. The people are at the bottom of that list, Todd. It's like the state government. Uh, in a way, yeah, uh, on a smaller scale, but yes, it's, in a way, it is like the state government. So if, if you'll let me explain what happened last night at this meeting. We've got 90 uh, seconds. Give us a quick okay, explanation. There were seven of the nine city councilors there. Two of them were Working Families Party, two of the seven. They were the ones who wanted those four special issues to go back and be looked at just one more time by the commission. That was voted down by the majority. One of the uh, two of the uh, Democratic councilors were not present, but they did have a quorum, and three voted to not do that. One abstained, and the other one suddenly somehow got disconnected from the uh, the video <laughs> and didn't come back on until after the meeting had been closed and had been adjourned. So, and I think that was done. In fact, I'm quite sure that was done deliberately because they wanted their constituents to think that they were good guys. <laughs> the abstainer and the one who kind of disappeared uh, just as the vote happened and returned right after it came back. That way, it's like, oh, I, I didn't vote yes. No, you didn't vote anything. <laughs> All right. So, so your yes. point, your conclusion is sham process, the done. The fake, done. fake democratic mechanisms rigged behind the scenes so nothing democratic takes oh, place and let me if you give me like 15 seconds there yep. was one change to the charter and that was the residency require requirement for mayoral appointees who are mm-hmm. supposed to live within the city of hartford the corporation council the current one howard rifkin is about to retire the mayor wants to appoint another attorney from the corporation council to become the head corporation council. She does not live in Hartford, and that's why the residency requirement fell out of the charter. Because so it's something the mayor wanted so he could do that's a favor. Right. So she she for can a friend. continue living in Simsbury or wherever she is. All right. And gosh, Diggy, and thanks for filling us in again. Good to talk with you from the Hartford News. Rigging. That's what they do. They use your power for themselves. We'll talk more after news on WTIC. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Stay informed. Listen wherever you are on the Odyssey app, WTIC News Talk 1080. Yeah, WTIC. The world is going crazy, or they make it feel that way. Which do you think it is? Do you think the world is actually going crazy, or it's just the political class? This is how they do uh, do their war against us. Because if you think about what the left is up to, you think about the progressives and what they're up to. You think about that Kamala Harris cut that, that Tom just played in the in his promo. What are they doing? What is all this stuff with pronouns, really? Except a, a way to keep dividing people, cre- keep creating new categories to make people feel different and alienated from each other and from their society. Yeah, play that thing, Anthony. Go ahead. Uh, Good afternoon. I want to welcome these leaders for coming in to have this very important discussion um, about some of the most pressing issues of our time. Um, I am Kamala Harris. My pronouns are she and her. I am a woman sitting at the table wearing a blue suit. And um... why why do they do this stuff? They know that this is not what real people are into. Everyone else at the table did it, too. Why? Do you know what the group was that she was meeting with? This this is it's just such bizarre behavior. It doesn't really matter who they're pandering to specifically because they know it's going to get out. And they're always trying in politics. They've got all these uh, divergent constituencies. They're trying to draw in to a singular under to get under a singular tent, you know, and, and it's got to be, it's got to be able to include everybody. But, but as you hear this stuff, you get alienated. This doesn't make you feel connected. This makes you feel separate. This makes you feel like you can't understand your own society. And, and, and they seem determined to break the culture up and make everybody as crazed as possible. Do you want another one? Sure. And I am a black woman with curly hair and I am wearing a vintage black and floral dress. Um, I'm a... Um, a vintage black and floral. I want to know where she got it. 
Can we get a picture, please? This is a meeting with the Vice President of the United States. Why? What are they doing? They're nuts. That's the space to have this critical conversation. Uh, I'm a Latina with uh, blonde highlighted hair, and I'm wearing a gray blazer over a black sheep dress. A black what? Sheep's dress? A black-shaped dress? I oh. don't even know what that means. If, they, if you imagine them continuing this... <laughs> So they go around they go around the whole room. And then and then what's next? You know, after you've talked about your the color of your dress, don't you have to talk about where you got it and how much you paid and how it fits? You don't just stop there, do you? If you're going to be inane, why doesn't the inanity go on forever? Eight six zero five two two nine eight four two. I believe I'm not sure. This is I've got some. Um, I wasn't going to use this, but I know I have a Larry Summers cut here. The former Treasury Secretary under Bill Clinton and economic advisor to Barack Obama. He says some really interesting things, but I'm hoping this is a cut where he addresses these issues a little bit. When I think of the traditional Democratic Party. Yeah, I think this is it. So this is him talking about how Democratic politics have changed during his lifetime, because he's in his 70s, I would guess. When I think of the traditional Democratic Party, yeah. and I think of Franklin Roosevelt, yeah. yeah, I think of a famous picture that we've all seen of three guys sitting on a strapped on to a girder above Manhattan eating their lunch. Yeah, yeah. And I think of those as being the quintessential working people, Roosevelt Democrats. You know the you know the picture he's talking about. It's a great classic photograph. And listen to what Larry Summers says about those three guys. You can't read the public opinion polls today without understanding that two out of three of those people are no longer Democrats. And I think that is the central challenge for the progressive political project. All right, so he's talking about, and I think he's a progressive, or at least he wants us to think he's a progressive. It's hard to imagine. He's a smart guy, and he knows his economics really well, so it's hard to imagine that he actually believes this stuff. But that's where he's positioned himself, and I just want you to hear the end of the cut, and then we can take some phone calls and, and hear the latest if, if um, Anthony's pulled another cut. And what you're going to do about uh, that group, which has moved in droves away from uh, the Democratic Party and away from progressive political ideas. In other words, they've killed the thing that he liked about the Democratic Party. I think that's what he's saying, because he's a Roosevelt Democrat. The old kind of progressivism, not the new kind of where you divide people up based on how many people and what shape they are that people want to have sex with or, or believe they are. Um, the, 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 the sex that they possess. Never mind. You, you know what I'm talking about. Paul and Enfield. Hello there. 
Todd. Thank you for the call, Paul. Uh, you're welcome. Um, two issues. Uh, one, uh, 8 o'clock tonight, Channel 888 is Leroy Levy, Thomas Curtis, and Peter Lamage debating. So if you, you can't watch the big debate, you can always tape it or whatever. I'm a big Leroy Levy fan. Uh, another, uh, another concern is that Peter Lamage claims he is a conservative. Well, so is Leroy Levy. So. I don't know why you say he's the only conservative in the race. And then my final issue is uh, I would hope that uh, uh, right until now, till the election, that you start talking about or get the um, Yankee Institute on because uh, the biggest scam is uh, ever-sourced doing uh, wind turbines out there. It's uh, a lot of money for nothing, and... What happens when they catch on fire? Oh, by the way, how much news are we going to get or not about the bus that caught on fire in Hamden? Okay. Uh, Wasn't that incredible, that thing? Pardon me? That was incredible. Yes. Well, what folks don't know, I being a chemist, so I guess I do know this, is that lithium will catch on fire uh, when you least expect it. And uh, they don't want to tell you that. And lithium goes into everything. So, but they also you know, can't. We, they we can't. need a little more education from the uh, from engineers who uh, aren't falling for this. Uh, we need to generate electricity with wind turbines. I have some data, but I'd like to hear what Yankee Institute puts the numbers yeah. on. Because- All right, good idea. Thank you for the suggestion, Paul. Eight six zero five two two nine eight four two. Darren is next on WTIC. Hey, Darren. Hey. I just want to let you know I'm Darren from Suffield. I'm a white male in my mid-50s. I'm wearing blue Carhartt work pants with a T-shirt, and I have a blue thong on underneath. <laughs> and what kind of shoes? Are you wearing work boots? Uh, we, yeah, work boots, yep, work shoes, yep. And um, let's see, pronouns? Did you do pronouns? <laughs> I'm a me. <laughs> I'm a me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's really good. All right. Anything else you wanted to tell us? No, sir. I just, I just got the. I just thought that was kind of funny. That why would you have to describe what you're wearing? Everybody knows who you are. Uh, well, actually, that's what's interesting is nobody knows who they are at all. They're 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 just these fakers, these professional fakers who go around playing these dumb parts. So they can try to keep themselves in elected office. Did you have another clip there to play for us, Antonio? Oh, good. Why aren't you acting more excited? You're sitting there quietly. Usually you're jumping up and down. Thank you, Ravini, and thank you, Madam Vice President. My, my pronouns are she, her. I'm a white woman with long brown hair. I'm wearing red, um, a red dress, and I'm wearing a see-through mask so you can see my red lips. Wait. What is she wearing so we can see what? She's wearing a see-through mask so you can see her red lips. Well, that that's the first piece of information that's intrigued me. You've never seen see-through masks? I've seen them just because uh, being around like deaf people at times, uh, they have them to read mouths. No, I, I have seen them. <laughs> but but the, the funny thing is if somebody's wearing lipstick... And she's wearing a see-through mask in order to show off the color. I'm assuming the color is getting all over the plastic of of the mask. (laughs) I can't see because it's from the side angle, but yeah, you're probably right. 
these people are out of their minds. <laughs> Crazy. And they expect the rest of us to fall for it, too. 860-522-9842. Stay with us on WTIC. Now, back to the Todd Feinberg Show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I guess there's some, uh, well, let's just play it again so everybody can get excited about it. Because Kamala is playing herself up as the biggest turkey here. Uh, good afternoon. I want to welcome these leaders for coming in to have this very important discussion um, about some of the most pressing issues of our time. Um, I am Kamala Harris. My pronouns are she and her. I am a woman sitting at the table wearing a blue suit. And um... well, there she is. You know the vice president's pronouns. You probably should have knew, known those before the election, because who would want to vote for somebody without knowing what their pronouns are? You know, like how can you make a an informed decision if you're not informed? She introduces herself at a roundtable for disability advocates on the impact of Roe v. Wade. She said, uh, what else? Yeah, supposedly the reason they're describing themselves is because of the blind people that may be viewing the conference. Or I guess not viewing, but monitoring. Well, they still use the same language. You don't yeah. have to be embarrassed to use cited language because uh, blind people talk that way. The event was to mark the 32nd anniversary of the enactment of the Americans with Disabilities Act. So here's the story. Kamala Harris opened up a roundtable meeting Tuesday afternoon with disability advocates by announcing her name, sex, gender identity, and what she was wearing. The event was to mark, as I just told you, she said the Supreme Court overturning Roe v. Wade last month is particularly concerning to her due to the effects it could have on Americans with disabilities, claiming that the decision will uniquely impact this community. Self-description of her attire was seemingly for the benefit of any participants who are visually impaired. Ah, Lauren Boebert came up with a good answer. <laughs> okay, but what is a woman? She got her on that one. Come on, Anthony, that's legit. They deny there's any difference between men and women. That's good stuff. You can mock all you want. She's annoying. Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene wrote her own parody introduction. I am Marjorie Taylor Greene. I am a woman. I am a mother. And I am sick of this blank. That's not bad either. See, this is where, this is where the Democrats are just making a huge mistake in my mind. You can, you can pander to these special interest groups and twist yourself up into knots to to break American culture and break tradition, all tradition, in order to pander to particular audiences. But ultimately, you go, you reach a point where people have to say enough already. I'm not with you on this. I don't follow you down this road. I can't go all the way to pronouns, for example. Does anybody use pronouns, please? 
reveal if you do. Does anybody think it's appropriate? Would you put it on your social media pronouns? I don't even know what they're for. Why, other than virtue signaling, that you are down with the idea that, that this should be a normal thing, but it's not normal. There's nothing normal about it. They're trying to change into the abnormal and, and make that normal. And that's why they do it. So I don't understand why a normal person would want to do it. Uh, good afternoon. I want to welcome these leaders for coming in to have this very important discussion. So, okay, it's, it's a Disabilities Act-related discussion. But then... Um, about some of the most pressing issues of our time. If, if it's so pressing, why are they talking about... Why is she giving her pronouns? Um, I am Kamala Harris. My pronouns are she and her. I am a woman sitting at the table wearing a blue suit. She didn't even mention what race she is. Isn't that racist to leave it out? It's important for us to keep up with the times to know what they're up to. Because they're trying to break the times so they can take ownership of the new thing that they replace the broken thing with. And I think what we want to do is save that which is from the destruction that the Democrats are trying to reap. Is that a good way to put it? Give us your input, please. 860-522-9842. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Hey, 